this year I've made a little, I've jumped a little bit of a level and not not worrying so much about making mistakes and being perfect because I, I, I've tried to, to get to a point where I'm wrestling free like I do in the practice room. And when I can do that, one, I don't get nearly as tired, and two, I'm able to string things together a lot better, and I'm able to score in different ways. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time and I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. It's your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is North Carolina State senior Trent Hydley. He's currently ranked second in the country, three-time All-American, NCAA finalist as a freshman, an avid listener of this podcast. We love Trent. It was great to have him on the show, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Fan of the week goes to our friend Anthony Mena. That's AntDog73 on Instagram. A SoCal kid living in Northern Arizona. Anthony, thanks for listening to the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great Trent Hydley. Just a quick caveat, folks. This interview was recorded last week, so before Trent wrestled at the Collegiate Duels yesterday in Nashville, Tennessee. Enjoy. Trent Headley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm excited. I even got my uh I got my shirt on today and Let's uh, go. I've been dying I've been dying to get back on every um it's funny I I'm, I live about seven and a half hours away in Raleigh from where I'm from in Lewistown. Um so anytime I drive home I, I rather I'd rather drive home by myself because I can just throw on the podcast and I usually get <laughs> three or four episodes in each trip. So uh, I'm I'm glad to be on. I appreciate it, man. It means a lot to have someone of your caliber listening to the show. And as I said it, I always forget Headley Hydley. Don't let me butcher it. What is it? Hi Hydley. 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 Yeah. Sorry about that. Us Chicagoans want to put a long A on everything. So Yeah. No, I've been I've gotten pretty accustomed to people saying it a number of different ways, but um, yeah, Hydley is the correct way. Hydley. Perfect. Well, man, it's a, uh, it's so good to talk to you and it's, it's December 15th and I feel like you've already wrestled a season, man. You've been busy. Yeah. I was, um, <clears throat> sorry. I was joking with my coaches after Cliff Keen. I was like, I feel like I've probably wrestled more matches than anybody in the country and I'm in my sixth year. So yeah, I've, I'm 12 and 0, I think in collegiate wrestling. And then um, you add in the Pharaoh, which was five matches in one day. It's 
it's been a lot of wrestling from November one till now, but uh, I feel really good. So um, just take the recovery time when I get it and get back to uh, get back to training when I can and uh, some more matches before Christmas. But yeah, I've, I've definitely wrestled a lot, a lot of matches here early this year. Well, you're up in weight from last year, right? Yep. That has to help a ton. It, it has been helping a lot. Uh, I think in terms of just my the mental capacity I have for, um, you know, enjoying my training and, uh, you know, recovering has been a lot easier this year. I'm not spending nearly as much time, you know, focusing on getting down to weight or, you know, doing extra cardio sessions and, um, definitely my body's feeling better. Uh, but mentally I just, I feel a lot more refreshed, um, you know, going into practice, not having that, that burden of (laughs) trying to get 10 pounds off every day is, it feels really good. And so what, so freestyle weights, I always get a little confused. College weight, you're 197, right? Yeah. What's the freestyle weight? Uh, freestyle is 86 kilos, which is it's like 189.6. Um, okay. It helped me out a little bit at the Feral because it was plus two kilos because it was uh, kind of like the all the international ranking series usually will give you two kilos for the weigh-in. So it was 194 for that. So I actually wrestled, I wrestled Army Thursday night. At 197, I tried to get a little bit lighter and then left for New York City the next day and got down the weight, which was not 194 on Saturday for the feral um, and then competed there. So it was a bit of a it was a little bit of a challenge. You know, you weigh in at a, at a weight and then you have to get three pounds lighter. But um, it, it was fine. You know, I'm not having to lose a whole lot of weight for it. Uh, I think 189 might have been a little tough, but uh, I probably would have figured out how to do it. <laughs> Did you still have a, like a celebratory dinner after after the win against Army on Thursday, or did you start uh, that? Night? It was funny because we, I after my match, I the team room that we were in, like in the locker room at West Point, for some reason was like really hot. It was probably like eighty five degrees. So after my match, I put on all my stuff and I just went back to the room and I was like working out. And they had like, um we we had they had dinner for us there for after the match to grab it was like go drone chipotle bowl or whatever mm-hmm. so that's sitting in the locker room while i'm doing like jumping jacks and jumping <laughs> rope in the locker room with all the food beside me it's just like one of those crazy things that you find yourself doing in the sport of wrestling that is just kind of weird but yeah i was there getting weighed off in the hot locker room while the the mounds of chipotle food is sitting there for the guys to take afterwards <laughs> yeah i'm so hungry right now i'm just that i'm just dreaming of that i've yeah, been doing it was funny too because they we actually had we had two duels in albany the next day for the team um it was the the arm bar and the in the armory in albany i think we wrestled binghamton and sacred heart which i couldn't make because i was in new york city Mm-hmm. And, you know, after the fact I got back, I was like, you know what? I think I made, I think I could have swung that too. I could have got there, wrestled, and then the feral. Dude, <laughs> I'm fully be, joking, of course. That'd I, I be wanna crazy. Be that, so who'd you go to New York made, with on Friday? Story even better. What were you saying? What coach did you go to New York with on Friday? Did you go solo? Uh, Tariq Wilson was there with us because we had uh, all of our, our coaches on staff were at, went to Albany with the team. Uh, and then Tariq, who's like our, one of our volunteer assistants, he flew up and he was with me on Saturday for the Feral. Dude, what a, what a day he witnessed, man. Dude, <laughs> yeah, that was well, crazy. Yeah. Therese been having, has, has been on a, a hot streak. He, he went over to the U23s with Isaac Trumbull um, and he won a world title. And then I went to the Feral and I won. So he's, he's undefeated in his freestyle coaching career. 
Wow, he's got the touch. Yeah. Now, outside of, and for folks who haven't watched some of your matches at the Bill Farrell, the match against Kinchazi in the semis, that was absolutely crazy. He's an Olympic silver medalist. And then in the finals, you wrestled Derringer? Yep. I haven't watched that one. How'd that one go? Um, If you really like the semifinal match, you're probably going to hate the final match. <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was probably the complete opposite. Um, it was two, one, I got a point on a step out early and then a point on the shot clock later. So it was, uh, it was pretty much the exact opposite of what the semifinal match was. But I think the reason for that being is that we both, um, wrestle pretty similar, similarly, mm-hmm. and, uh, we both punch underhook to the same side. So it was kind of just a six minute hand fight. And, uh, I was just as tired after that as I was the semifinal match, but it was, it was uh, it was a special tournament, you know. It's almost like one of those where, when you're in it, you don't really realize what's happening, and then when you're done with the tournament, you look back, you're like, "Damn, I had a really good day." You know, I I beat some really really good guys. Um, so that was, I, I was really proud of myself for that. It was awesome, man, and and to see that you know you were wrestling like Michael Beer two weeks out or even a week out, and then then you go to Cliff Keen, which craziest cliff keen i can remember and you go out there you take care of business no real scares or surprises there but what were your thoughts kind of as this crazy cliff keen's unfolding and you're kind of taking part of that as well yeah it was it was definitely this is my that was my third cliff keen tournament um my first year got or they didn't have it the year after the covid stuff but um this was definitely the hardest year of it for sure um you look at some of the teams and the some of the brackets there just like it was it was like a mini ncaa tournament i mean that's about as close as you can possibly get to what you're going to see at ncaa's i think that was awesome for some of our guys because some of our guys wrestled really well and some of our guys lost the matches that we think they probably could have won so it it gives you a certain amount of confidence like yeah we're you guys are you know right where you need to be um if you want to be all american and and make the podium at ncaa so it was pretty cool. You know, anytime you're in Vegas, it's kind of interesting because you're, you know, walking through the casino with smoke being blown in your face and the, all the dings and people gambling 24-7. So you're, like, trying to get focused while also it's kind of like a comedy show the whole time. But uh, I it, it was fun. I, I wrestled some really good guys, and um, I definitely needed a little bit of a break after that tournament. I'd been, like you said, I'd been wrestling a lot, and um, – my body was definitely feeling it, but I was able to compete pretty well, which was which was cool. Are you guys doing collegiate duels? Yeah, we uh, we actually head out to Nashville tomorrow. Um, it was originally, I think, supposed to be like a like last year. It was a two duels the first day, and then one crossover duel the second day. And this year, it's uh, all three duels in one day. So mm-hmm. we're we're not wrestling till Tuesday, but we're going to get out to Nashville and um, give us a little bit of time to you know, enjoy the trip a little bit, see what natural has to offer. Uh, but we wrestle lock Haven, Northern Iowa and Ohio state. So we'll have, we'll have three really good, really good duels before Christmas. And, you know, after that, we'll get some time to relax a little bit, but I'm, I'm looking forward to those duels for sure. And Parker's at 84 this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Damn it. That would be, that would be a good one, man. I'm thinking like, all right, what are the matchups? That's cool. You guys are doing so much travel. I mean, you talk about two places where, you can have exponentially more fun if you're having a few pops and having a few nights out Vegas and Nashville, <laughs> but yeah. you guys saw it's, fun, um, <clears throat> it's cool though, because I think with Nashville, especially, you know, with me not having to cut as much weight, I can kind of soak in the experience a little bit more and like, 
not just sit in my hotel room and you know be a be a hermit but uh so like saturday a few of us got tickets to go to the grand old opry um nice. so that'll be pretty cool yeah i don't really know the people playing but it's like that's a cool experience and i think we'll do like top golf or something as a team sunday night so we'll, we'll be able to have have a good trip you know kind of like a mini vacation in a way and then you know when monday comes around get serious and get ready to wrestle but we, we have a great team. Um, our guys are really focused and, you know, when it's time to compete, they compete really hard. So, uh, you know, we, I think we kind of, you know, almost came into the, the year, like I, I wouldn't say underrated because we, you know, we were pretty high in the rankings, but like, I think people are now starting to catch on. Like we have, you know, seven or eight guys that could place at the national tournament, which is a, a really special thing. So, yeah, and that's, that's a long time away, but it, it's cool to do these experiences and go to these different places um, and, and share them with your teammates. Well, I think back to, you know, just anytime you travel with the guys, whether it's like for us, it was a two hour drive to Chicago. We stayed at the Marriott. Like that was a big deal on the high school scene and everyone was closer because of that. And so I imagine at your guys' level, when you're going to Vegas for a couple of days, you're going to Tennessee for a week, like that's a lot of bonding time. And the teams that aren't doing some of those trips, they're missing out on that a little bit. Oh yeah. No, I think, I think if you ask anybody in the sport, some of your, some of your most memorable, memorable, you know, times from wrestling come from just some of the things you get into with your teammates <laughs> or some of the conversations and jokes that you're able to crack on, you know, a long bus ride or, you know, sitting in the airport or, you know, those, I think those things bring out, you know, the, the best in everybody. Um, Cause everyone's kind of going through it. Like nobody really loves the travel, uh, especially when you're like losing weight and getting down oh. the weight, but the fact that you're doing it together, it makes it kind of special. Um, so you're right. I think, you know, those, those are really special moments that I, I'm trying to soak up as much as I can. It's my last year of, of college wrestling. So I'm really just trying to make the most of it and, you know, appreciate even the little moments like that. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's cool to think about all the, it just, it's hard to, I guess it's hard to imagine you're done because I feel like you guys have been such a staple. And then I also think, man, it's kind of crazy that your brother left. Was that a shock to you and that you're going through it kind of solo this year, but did you know he was going to be moving out and taking another job somewhere? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily a shock. I think after he, he had come back to, to wrestle at the U S open, I think he wanted to give himself another, another um, shot at it. And um, I didn't have, necessarily the results that he wanted to and i think he i think he just was really excited to get into coaching and kind of start yeah. that next chapter of things you know he has he has so much knowledge to give to other people and he's a great leader so it's a it's a perfect fit for him and i i think he was uh, you know i know he wants to be a head coach someday you know that's his that's his end goal so getting a, a new experience and um you know just learning how to how to teach other people and build new relationships, I think was something that he, he wanted to do. So it was whenever, you know, after that tournament, you know, he had called me and said, you know, he was, he was looking at a few places and he was, you know, wanted to see what I, what I thought of it. And I was like, dude, go, go do what you need to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 24 at this point, you know, I'm in my sixth year. I'm not going anywhere. You know, this is, yeah. I'm, I'm finishing out, you know, my last year like you got to go take care of yourself and, and do what you want to do you know he's been been kind of guiding me my whole life and and not that he still isn't but i was like dude it's time for you to you know be selfish for yourself and um you know take care of yourself and give yourself a new opportunity so i think he's enjoying it a lot you know it's like any new position or 
or job, it comes with some challenges and some, you know, unformed, you know, some foreign territory, but uh, I know he, he's going to be learning a lot from it. Oh, for sure. It's anytime you go from like that first job to the next job, you're always kind of comparing it a little bit to like, all right, this is how we used to do things. This is how these guys are doing it. You pick up some new things. And just like when you go to college for the first time, there's a lot of growth when getting out of that initial kind of uh, initial gig. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's cool. He's out there and I can imagine he's, you're going to be one of the best coaches in the game in no time. Just how dedicated and disciplined he was. Yeah, he puts a lot into it. You know, he's he's one of the more passionate people I've ever been around. And, um, you know, if you have it, – it's cool because he's pretty versatile and the fact that he can, he can wrestle with a 125 guy and he can also wrestle with a heavyweight and beat up everybody on the team. You know, I've always <laughs> been kind of amazed that, like, how strong he is as a wrestler like even when I when he came when he was wrestling 157 and I was wrestling 184 like you would think like oh yeah like yeah he's a little older he's got some more experience but like dude you got some weight you should be able to handle him but no it never went like that <laughs> he uh he could he could whoop my butt from whether I had 40 pounds on him or we we're the same same weight and I've seen him do it to heavyweights and 197 guys it's really yeah he, uh, he's a versatile coach where he can wrestle with anybody but he also has a lot to teach the people too have you ever been able to lay it on him or he's never crossed that barrier yet I think laying on him probably not I think there actually is maybe one time where I where I really put it on him and it was leading up to um Leading up to the U23 cha World Championships, we I kind of had a funny school schedule. So um, we had one of my two, one of my one credit classes I had to take for my master's program. It was like a three day seminar uh, workshop with all the people in my program, and it started at like seven a.m. and it would go until three each day. And we were training for this U23, so we were we were trying to get like a kind of a mock weekend because it was the weekend before I left um so I was trying to get as many matches in as I could and, and kind of give myself a feel for what it would be like so we had to come in at like 5 a.m and uh we got warmed up and it was just me him and coach Adam Hall was in there and we wrestled a match and uh I think by like the second period I started like really stringing some takedowns together probably because it was 5 30 in the morning mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was also wrestling really really well leading up to that so that's probably the one time where I where I beat him up pretty good, and I remember after he's like, "Well, I think you're ready." <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool. You know, I was I was doing my best wrestling, and you know, I I scored some good takedowns on him. So that was a little bit of payback for years and years of punishment I've taken. <laughs> Man, I can't even imagine some of the battles you guys have had. When did you go to U23s? Uh, it was um last last year. So okay, twenty um, two. Yeah, yeah, twenty two. I got, I I got silver, um, wrestled Iran round one, and then it was crazy how quick I I I didn't realize how quick the turnaround was at those tournaments. So it was like we weighed in. I saw I had Iran round one. I was like, all right, okay. this is what I wanted. You know, okay. I want the best guys right off the bat. And um, he had gotten second the year before, so he was one of the better guys in the weight classes. So I was like, well, this gives me a good you know, a litmus test here. If I, if I beat him, you know, I know I can, I can run through this tournament. Um, so I wrestled him and then like, it was a crazy, kind of a bit of a crazy match. I went down six Oh right away. And then I just string strung together takedowns and I, I knew I had him really tired. So I was just kind of smelled blood in the water. Um, 
and just went after him and ended up beating him up pretty good. Uh, and the, the crowd's going crazy. So that was pretty cool. And I was like, wow, that was only the first round. <laughs> that was only the first round matchup. I still got, you know, a lot of wrestling wow. to do. Um, and How'd you the go back battle going that one. I think a you versus Iran, I'm thinking just under hook city, baby. <laughs> it, it essentially was, you know, I, he kind of got to my legs early and took me down, got a turn, took me down again. And it was, I, I knew he had really good, like gut wrenches on top. And at that point, you know, looking back on the match, if I would have got taken down again and he would have gutted me, it would have been over. So I was like, <laughs> but I wasn't really even thinking that. I was just like, just get on his head, just punch underhooks, get to a score, and then just go from there. So kind of got a little bit of a flow state and just blacked out a little bit and just wrestled as hard as I could and ended up getting some takedowns and winning. Um, and then you cool down a little bit and like you're up in 20 minutes again or 30 minutes or whatever it is. So I went outside and just got some fresh air. Uh, and then I wrestled, I want to say it was Kyrgyzstan maybe. Um, and it's just, it's crazy how different of a feel those guys get. Like you don't wrestle anybody in the States that's even remotely close to what, you know, Kazakhstan, Iran, Kyrgyzstan. It's just, it's such a kind of a loose limp feel that they give. So it's kind of hard to get to your attacks. So you just have to be really tactical and disciplined and position. So they would have beat him. And then again, it was like 30 minutes later up on, up on the board against Kazakhstan in the, the quarterfinals. And I get through that match and then we get a little bit of a break, come back in the evening, wrestle the semifinals against, I want to say Moldova, um, who also, you know, they, in a similar way, they kind of throw the kitchen sink at you. So you have to be really disciplined. Um, How do you mean? I won that match and then, then you get down the weight and then the finals are the next day. So it's pretty, it's kind of a hectic tournament and like the gym we were in, it poured the entire time. So like the out, they had like a, a practice mat that was connected to the arena, but it was under like a, a tent, like an outside tent and the mats were just soaked. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, we're at the world championships here and I'm walking up the ramp to get my mat and my shoes are just like waterlogged because it's so wet outside. It was, it was crazy. What? Where was this at? <laughs> What's that? What country was it at? It was in Spain. It was uh Ponte Vedra, Spain. That's pretty cool. Yeah, than- it was a it was a pretty neat space. It, it, I mean, it was it was a cool, um, it was a cool place, and my mom and dad were there, and obviously Hayden was there to as like my coach. So we were able to see, do some like sightseeing and stuff. But yeah, it rained like the <laughs> the entire time. Who'd you have in the finals in? Uh, Japan. Japan. Okay. It was uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty slow match. He um, he was kind of like short and stocky, and um. I got a I got a push out pretty early and then I gave up a takedown and I was kind of running after him the entire second period just couldn't get to a score. Um got a caution one late. I lost on criteria, but it was that was that was a tough loss because I, I was I was wrestling so well and I just expected myself to go out there and dominate. Mm-hmm. Um and then you get done with your match and it's just like, how did I lose that? And um it's just that there was so much build up to it because I'd been training so well. I'd been, I'd been wrestling really well and I'm beating some pretty good guys. And then for it to kind of end like that was just a little anticlimactic, but um, no, it was, it was a lesson that I had to learn. And um, I think I've gotten better from that, you know, being able to take some more risk early to, uh, to put myself in scoring positions. So, you know, it's just, anytime you wrestle um, international competition, you learn a lot about yourself and wrestling. So, it was a it was a good learning experience, but it definitely stung. 
isn't it weird how different two people who both wrestle could feel like if they are from Europe or like that Asian continent, like it's so interesting how different our styles are. It is. It's, it's honestly, it's like a totally different sport. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> especially when you go from wrestling folk style, like it is not the same at all. Totally right. different. Um, and it's, it is interesting. And like I said, you learn so much because you don't ever wrestle anybody that's like that, you know, unless you have a, a foreign guy in your room that you're, you can kind of get that feel it's it's very new um it's almost like it's kind of like scary in one sense but it's also like pretty exciting in the other because you really don't know what to expect so you kind of just like screw it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna let it fly and do what i do and you know Mm -hmm. i think you also get confidence of from how good our country is like you watch the senior world championships and you see our guys just mowing people down and then you see cadets and you see our guys doing that it's like you know, if our guys are doing really good and I'm on the team, I should expect myself to win. And yeah. I think I, I got kind of confidence from that, especially when you see the other guys in your team, like doing well, it's like, yeah, we're, we're meant to be here. You know, we're, we're good enough to beat everybody. Right. Well, it's interesting because you say they have that kind of soft feel, that real light touch. And then you watch someone like Musa Kaif where he can explode in like a fraction of a second. And it's like, that's, that's a crazy thing to kind of defend against. Right. Cause it's, it's it's very loose. It's very loose, and boom, you know. Whereas, like, kind of our style is just constantly on you. Yeah, and that's where I think the just the discipline comes into effect. Like, you have to be, especially in freestyle, where you know you could be up four late and still lose. You have to be very, very disciplined in your position, um, your hand and feet positioning. Like, you you can't get out of position for a second and be safe. So mm-hmm. it definitely adds that that extra bit of tactics into it. But that's, that's also why I love freestyle is because there's, you're never, you can never be relaxed, right? Maybe when you're in folk style, you get two takedowns. I don't know how to do anything else. You know, I can, I can take a stall call or, or two or three and still be fine. Whereas in freestyle, you're never, you're never safe. Um, and that's, that's what makes it fun. I think that's what makes it exciting, but yeah, especially against those guys, you know, against a guy like Musa Kayev, who's so quick and, and so, technically sound if you give him an inch he's gonna make you pay and it was kind of kind of how i felt wrestling um ken Chadze at the uh at the feral like i thought i had him dead to rights dead in the water tired and i was just gonna go after him well you learn pretty quickly that those guys can still score <laughs> they can still score when they're tired and um that was yeah that was a crazy match but it was one of the first times i'd kind of felt that that quick explosive you know that uh freestyle technique tactics that was um it was a fun match yeah and it's it's exciting because that weight is is a lot of fun too i mean that i, I can't wait for the olympic trials those brackets are going to be absolutely insane and i think senior nationals coming up this weekend actually right yep wow yeah uh it's that's and then the duels next week so a lot of good stuff coming ahead when you look at you know, kind of how you've progressed and matured over the years. I've read a couple of quotes you said, but recently you really talk about how mentally you're more freed up to wrestle than you ever have been. What's gone into that process? Yeah, I think it's been a big thing for me. And I, I, the crazy thing is, I don't know if I've really done a whole lot of things that have changed. Um, I think just in this sport, it's, it takes time to, to figure things out a little bit. Like it takes a lot of reps and a lot of matches until you kind of figure out what works best for you. 
Um, and like when I got to college, I, I started working with our sports psychologist a good bit just to try to, you know, figure out what the best way is to get me to compete. And, you know, early on, I, I thought I was someone that needed to get really fired up. Like I've always been a super aggressive, you know, pretty intense person. Um, what was happening is I was getting so intense and I was getting so hyped up that I was, I was spending a lot of energy just in my pre-match routine and I'd get out there and I'd, I'd get tired and be like, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. Like I train, I train at a way harder pace than this. And I'm, I don't really have enough left at the end of matches. So I think I kind of learned that like, I actually need to, I need to relax a little bit <laughs> and I need to, uh, I need to tone it back down until I go out in the mat. Cause I always know I'm going to bring it right. When the, when the whistle blows, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And um, it's just, I think being able to relax myself a little bit has saved some, some of that mental energy and um, you know, it starts to take a toll on your body too, when you're that, that, that intense for a long time. So I just some, you know, deep breathing techniques a little bit before I go out and then and just being free is a, is a huge thing. And I think that's where this year I've made a little, I've jumped a little bit of a level and not, not worrying so much about making mistakes and being perfect. Um, because I, I I've tried to, to get to a point where I'm wrestling like I do in the practice room mm -hmm. um, and when I can do that one I don't get nearly as tired and two I'm able to string things together a lot better and I'm able to score in different ways um, and I don't lock myself into a to a box of just trying to hit one thing over and over and over again so it's it's definitely a big impact on you know performance if you can if you can put yourself in a mentality where you don't feel stressed um, you don't worry about the result and obviously there's still some nerves and anxiety there when you step on the mat in front of people and it's a, it's a one V one thing, but um, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty secure in myself now that I, I know I, I work extremely hard. I know I put a lot into this, so I don't want to handicap myself when I go out into the mat by, by limiting what I do. You know, I want to, I want to go, go off the whistle right away. And um, you know, if I make a few mistakes, that's fine. I have a lot of time to fix them. So uh, that, I think that's where I've, I've improved the most this year. And, you know, some of the matches I, I've done a really good job at it and, and some I haven't done, you know, as good of a job as I'd like. So it's a, can, it's a, it's a process that you continue to try to improve. Um, and, you know, I think when I have my best performances is when I, it's when I lock that in the best. Yeah. And it's like, when you talk about the continue, continual process of getting better and improving, okay, your level, you know, what you're working on is such probably a small detail I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you track progress? Like each week, do you kind of set up, all right, these are the things I'm working on, or is it just something you innately know that you're working on? Like, how do you track that throughout the year? Well, I think the good thing about competition is it gives you some pretty um, raw data to work with, you know, whether you're winning by tech fall or you win a three, two match, there's a lot of things that you can pick up from it. Um, there's some things technically that I think I set in motion at the beginning of the year that I knew I needed to improve on. Um, and then when you get into some competitions, you kind of give yourself a chance to, to try those things out and to see how you're progressing. Mm -hmm. And then if you still need more work on it, you know, you know what to work on in practice. Um, I think it's a good thing about having, you know, coaches that you trust and you can kind of have honest conversations with because they can give you feedback and you can give them feedback on what you were feeling in the match or what worked or what didn't. Um, that's as far as a, a technical standpoint, I think from the mental standpoint, you just try to be consistent as you can. Um, so I kind of have, you know, the same kind of 
routine that I like to do. Um, cause then I know if, you know, if something and I can kind of track, like if I did something a little bit different or something popped up and I didn't wrestle as well, well then I know to try to avoid that as much as I can the next time. Or if, you know, I had a performance where I felt really, really good. Um, my energy was good. I was free. All right. Well, what did I, what did I exactly do leading up to that that I can try to replicate each time? So I think just trying to get as much data from performances as I can, um, as well as practice, you know, if there was a day where I felt really sluggish in practice, I can start to dissect that a little bit. Like, was it something different that I ate or is it like, you know, something I did during the day that I didn't feel so good. So I can try to avoid that in the future, just little things like yeah. that. Cause at this level, you know, every little thing matters, every, every little advantage that you can get, um, every minute or hour that you feel good, you want to take advantage of it because it's the small gains that make up the biggest difference at, you know, when you're competing against the best in the world. And are you someone who has like a routine where you're going to eat the same stuff for lunch? If you know, you got a good practice coming up and you're really tracking that. Yeah. I'm not like super, I'm not like super specific about like nutrition stuff. I, I, like I usually kind of eat like the same thing every day just because it's easy. Um, yeah. But what I can definitely it? tell What's your like, go-to? If I eat something crazy and then I go into practice and I don't feel good, like, well, yeah, you kind of deserve that. <laughs> Man, it's funny. It's it's such a difference when people are cutting and not cutting. And I'm sure you're still cutting, you know, a few. Um, probably, probably more than most people would consider a few. But yeah, it's um, you can just tell it's uh, people are walking around looser. They're more free. They're enjoying it more. And you talk about earlier, your coaches kind of help push you on the track and tell you what you need to work on. You know, I think about great college coaches, Pat Papalizio and what he's done at NC State, absolutely amazing. And one of the things I heard you say in the past is you went on a recruiting trip there and maybe it was maybe it was your brother, but I think it was you. And they would just talk about the mentality of the program and this is what the standards are going to be. How would you describe like the philosophy or the mentality of the NC State program and some of the things that you kind of had to learn early on? Yeah, I I think just from the standpoint of being a competitor, it's, it's everything you could dream of. Um, you know, it's, I think NC state is a school that it doesn't, it's not in, you know, a hotbed of, of wrestling like Pennsylvania or, you know, one of those top States that I'm, that I'm kind of used to. So it's like a little bit of a different mentality, I think, because in the back of your mind, you know, like we probably shouldn't be this good. And there's a reason that we are this good. And it's because of the, you know, the philosophy of the training that we do, you know, not backing down to anybody and just expecting a lot out of, out of yourself. You know, it's I, the, the thing that coach Papalizio has done such a good job of is, is getting the most out of guys. And, um, you know, when you get to campus, it's, it's right down to work, you know, don't just because you're not a heralded recruit or, you know, you're not the strongest or fastest guy that doesn't, that doesn't give anybody else the right to be better than you. So I think that's just really, it's really motivating. You know, when you, when you step into the college wrestling scene, you have just as good an opportunity to win a national title as anybody else does. So when you, when you believe that, you know, it belongs to you, that's, that's a really, you know, pivotal change in your life. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, whether you're good enough, you know, it, it's it's up to you to make that decision for yourself. And um, I think when you get 20 to 30 guys training like that, you start to see really big jumps. And early on, you know, when he took over the program, it was 
it was it was pretty bottom of the barrel um and he had to to fix a lot of the the culture and just lifestyle changes there um and now at this point like you don't really have to worry about that as much so you can you can kind of train a little smarter like you don't have to you don't have to send guys down to the track four days out of the week <laughs> to get that to get that out of them like we have really serious guys there and we can start to train to win at a really high level. So I think the way that he's transformed the program has been really cool. Um, you know, he has his, he has his you know, special ways that he does things um, and it's been really successful. And uh, I think just supporting us by putting together a coaching staff that um, is well-rounded and can connect with a lot of different people and recruit well it's been, it's been really big for the program. Like I said, you know, we're at a point now where we're a high level program. We can train like that to try to chase down some of the, the, the teams that are ahead of us. And, you know, we're, we're the second best team in the country right now. And, um, it, let's go, let's go. Yeah, I know it, it's go. cool to think about. Right. And that obviously the rankings don't, don't mean anything right now. And it's how you perform at the end of the year. Um, and, and so that's what our goal is, you know, peaking at the end of March and, um, you know, being one of the top teams in the country. Well, let's make sure the AD knows that because if the football team was number two in the country, we'd all know about it, right? So it's like, that's a big deal to yeah. have NC State number two in the country. How long had Pat been there when your brother got there? He, I'm pretty sure Pat started in, don't quote me on this, but I, I want to say 2012 maybe. Okay. Um, or 2013. I think he was there for like four years, I think, before Hayden got there. Um, so they, he had kind of, you know, gotten to that kind of big change in the program. And they were actually, you know, they got, they were, see, when Hayden um, was a senior in high school, I remember watching the duel with him. It was a year that they, they were, they beat Oklahoma State and Iowa at both Gallagher, um, Iba and uh, Carver Hawkeye. So they were, they finished up as like the second best duel. They had one loss of Virginia Tech, but they, they, um, they were really, really good as a duel team. And they didn't have the, they didn't have the best performance in NCAAs, but they kind of put the the country on notice a little bit of like, well, these, this team's, <laughs> this team's really good. Um, and then Hayden had went there and they, you know, redshirted his first year and then they got fourth as a team, his redshirt freshman year. So, you know, things were, were starting to come together at that point whenever Hayden joined. Yeah. That's um no matter how much you guys have a rivalry with Virginia Tech, the fact that they beat Iowa and Oklahoma State, but they lost to Virginia Tech, that's just like it's kind of reminds me of what I listened to the Pat McAfee show and they were talking about the Army Navy game. And it's like you could be ten or no, but if your one loss is the Navy, if you're Army, it's a it's a losing season. So it's like that yeah. that's interesting to hear that their only loss was Virginia Tech. Well, year. I think it I think it added a little bit of fire between the Virginia Tech and Iowa rivalry with um because Dresser was at Virginia Tech and they they had beat NC State, so they should have wrestled Iowa. But oh, Iowa wow. didn't I guess they didn't they didn't that matchup, you know, for whatever reason didn't pan through. So, you know, NC State was the next kind of the next man up. Um I, I don't think anybody okay. was really expecting NC State to beat them because, you know, they had lost Virginia Tech, but but yeah, I think that that kind of goes into that rabbit hole of the controversy between those two teams. And um, yeah, I know uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the stalemates video that he did. Fantastic! Uh, oh, it's 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 so good. So uh, good, so freak. It's like 
that was one of the the projects where I'm just like, dude, stalemates is on another level, man. He it is so good. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of I think that that continued to spark that controversy a little bit. And then obviously um a dresser had left Virginia Tech there shortly after to, to go to Iowa State. But the the rivalry between NC State and Virginia Tech is just as just oh. as strong as it ever has been. Um, something that I, I look forward to every year. And I know it's gonna be it's gonna be fireworks every time. Well, look at you got you guys, you got Virginia Tech. Pitt is three and zero against my Big Ten teams this year, and it and it hurts me a little bit. Like they're they're coming around, beating my Illinois guys. They beat Ohio State. I think they beat Maryland. It's like, dude, Pitt's right there too. Oh yeah, now the the ACC dual schedule is um, it's it's not that long. It's not like the grind that Big Ten is, but it's so competitive because if you have one. It could come down to one individual match. If you slip up, it, it changes the dynamic of the entire, you know, like dual record race stuff. So it 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 is really fun. You know, I, I know some people have kind of caught notice to it, especially the ACC tournament where, you know, it may come down to the five seed beating the four seed in the first round. Like that's how small the margins are for error at that tournament. Um, but it's been really cool to kind of see the ACC grow a lot. You know, obviously – us and Virginia Tech have been kind of towards the top, but then, you know, Pitt is always really good dual team and they always have really good guys and um, UNC as well. Like it's oh, definitely you had those, those four teams and then Virginia always has, you know, some pretty talented guys. Um, so it makes it really fun. And because there's only six teams, you see, <laughs> you see everybody a lot. And um, usually by the end of, Usually, I think after the coaches have wrestled each other three or four times, by the time it like comes to NCAA's, they're probably so relieved that they don't have to be in the same room as each other. Uh, <laughs> but it is it, it it's a it's a competitive uh, conference, and it'll it'll be kind of interesting to see how things change with Stanford coming in next year. Um, not something oh, yeah. that I'll have to really experience, but it'll be cool to see how that kind of plays in. Yeah, especially UNC getting Rob Cole. Like the the some of the head coaches in the ACC are like Hall of Famers first ballot. You know, Roby, yeah. Pat Papalizio, obviously, even Gavin. So, yeah, it's exciting, man. But when I look at you, it's like your trajectory and and kind of your main opposition to me. It always seems like it comes down to Aaron Brooks, whether it's at Fargo, whether it's at you know every year in college. So, is it to the point now where you've kind of got like that Rocky mentality where it's like you're training for Brooks or are you kind of keeping it open and just looking at everybody? Or is it to the point where like, yeah, you got to focus on Brooks and what he's doing. Yeah. I think there's definitely a little bit of that. You know, you, like you said, you look back at even <laughs> dating back to high school, you know, the Fargo finals. And then, you know, my freshman year losing in the NCAA finals to him. And then the past two years I've lost in the semis. So, you know, he, he really has been, kind of like the one guy that's been in my way um especially in college so I think there is a little bit of that and you know that that played a little bit in my role to go up to 197 um one it's a lot healthier option for me but two knowing that he was going up to 197 it it provided the opportunity for me to continue to chase that down and not only will that you know not only does that help me get better because I have to I have to continue to get better if I want to achieve my goals and he's there. I know I have to jump another level um, in order to get to where I want to be at. And I think just secondly, you know, just the mentality of it, you know, like I, I know 
I know that he's kind of gotten in my way and, you know, that's a match that I, that I, that I want to get. And I, and I know I can get. Um, so it's just, it's a good opportunity for me. You know, this is my last year in college and I, I have post-collegiate goals as well. And I think it's only going to help me get to where I want to be. If I can, if I can train at that level to compete with someone um, at the level that Brooks is, then it's going to, it's going to help me not only this year, um, but following years as well. So yeah, there's a little bit, I think of that as, you know, kind of having him as my, my main focus on who to train for. But the good part about wrestling is that there's 20 other guys that are really, really good. So it's not like I'm overlooking anybody. Um, I know, you can, you know, you can have, you know, there's plenty of guys in the country that are, that are capable of beating just about anybody. So if that's what makes college wrestling so special is that you have to be, you have to be on your A game every time or um, someone's going to knock you off. Well, and especially with, you know, you and when you have someone like that, right. Champions have always talked about when their rival goes away, they don't feel like the same excitement or the same motivation because they know that guy's not out there. So for you, you know, you've got, someone who you beat him, you're automatically top three in the world almost, right? Because that's how deep the U.S. is, right? So then both of you guys take that momentum into the Olympic trials, and it's like, you know, these these great champions we have on the senior level, the grind of the college season, you guys are coming in so refined and so in shape to that Olympic trials. It's going to be, like, just those tournaments are going to be so fun, and, you know, Brooks will be there, David Taylor will be there, you'll be there. It's like all of that just kind of rolls into one. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be exciting, and it is crazy with, you know, you go through the, the entire college season, you finish in March and then um, it's like you get maybe a few days and you're like, well, I guess we better, <laughs> we better get ready for the Olympic trials. You know, it's going to be even, even, uh, even harder and uh, higher level guys. So uh, I think that that's a good thing because it, it gets you back to, you know, it doesn't, you know, if you don't achieve your goals, you, you, you kind of get right back to it a little quicker. Um, but you also need a little bit of time to recover after such a grueling season. So that'll be kind of something that just worry about when we get there. But, yeah. you know, for right now, there's the NCAAs is my main focus. It was, it was actually huge. I was able to qualify at the Farrell because um, if not, then I would have to go to senior nationals, which is this weekend, which would just be a lot at this time with um, duels. You know, the collegiate duels and traveling with, you know, home for Christmas and everything. So, and it was only one person that qualified the Farrell. So you pretty much, <laughs> you had to win it. Um, Let's so I, go. I don't know, maybe that was a good pressure for me to have, but uh, yeah, I, I was glad to qualify there and, um, you know, take care of business there and, you know, put myself in the Olympic trials against, you know, it's going to be a really tough bracket, but um, I feel like I've, I've proved to myself that I'm very competitive at that weight and, um, you know, if I put my best wrestling out there, there's no reason I can't beat those guys. So uh, I have a lot of time between now and then to continue getting better. And that's the the beauty of going up a weight is I don't have to really worry about losing the weight as much as like I can focus on getting better. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I knew I needed to do. Um, I know I could always be good at cutting weight. I know that I can, you know, get down to a certain weight. But I knew that if I wanted to beat guys like Brooks or, you know, even at the next level of those guys at, at the U.S. and the world level, I had to get better at wrestling. So that's that's what the process is for me right now is really looking at the the areas that I need to improve and tackling those while I can. Yeah. When it's like so you're you're basically done with freestyle until the trials, right? Since you qualified. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Have you ever trained with Miles Amin? 
No, I haven't. Uh, we we wrestled. It's funny. We actually wrestled at the RTC Cup that one year. Yeah. Um, it was like after COVID, and I had this insane like build up of that where I was out, where I was like contact trace with the COVID stuff, and I wasn't gonna be able to go. And then all of a sudden, I was if I got a clean test. So it was like hectic the way that I got there, and I like wasn't able to train for like a week and a half. And then I showed up, and I. I won all five matches and I wrestled miles in uh, one of the duels we had with Michigan. Um, okay. That was never fun. With him. What's that? That RTC cup was fun. I forgot about I that. Know. I know. I, I really that. had a great time there. And maybe because I won five matches, but um, <laughs> I thought everybody really enjoyed it and um, kind of a bummer. It really hasn't come back yet. Just with, you know, how crazy everything is yeah. with, and at that point there just really wasn't that many like, competing opportunities so it was a it was a great thing to do um i would love for it to happen again I, we had a blast but the reason i asked is you were talking about you know training and getting ready and i'm like wow that you know brooks he's wrestling the magic man and so i'm like i mean same weight that'd be a good opportunity so i'm like i, I was i was just curious there but yeah it's um it's gonna be a lot of fun man and i'm so glad you were able to take time to come on the podcast mid-season and uh it's just awesome. So I, we, we wish you nothing but the best, man. I'm just, again, so honored you came on and so honored you listened to the show. It's just awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be kind of anxious to, um, next time I drive home and put this on, I'll have to make sure I, I, uh, I'll have to make sure I'm kind of entertaining as some of the other guys. I, I really, I, it's cool because some of the episodes that I've gotten to watch are from people that you obviously know, like legends of the sport, um, but you don't know personally. So to kind of get like some of the stories that they have is just like, it's so cool, especially some of the older time, like my favorite episodes, are, like the old school Iowa guys, like, <laughs> oh man, I just, I, I eat that up. It's so good. And, um, I hope, I hope people enjoy, you know, listen to the episode a little bit and learn about me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to listen to it. I, I do have to ask you last time, last time I was on here with Hayden, it was 2021 you said in your five-year plan you wanted to get to Raleigh. I don't know where you're at now. You got three no. years left on the clock. <laughs> that oh, that is uh, it's funny you say that, man. I I still I got I got to get moving on it then, bro. I got to get moving on it because at the time <laughs> I was talking about moving out there, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you said you said that fi your five-year plan is to is to move to Raleigh someday. <laughs> bro, you know what happens is I get recency bias so bad and i had just gone out there to do an interview with tony davis uh for a documentary i did and i it was like winter time in chicago and i was like dude rally in the winter like that's that's one of your guys' biggest biggest uh recruiting things man like that the weather out there is so nice and i was like well, i mean it's what is, it's it's december 15th right now and i can go out and walk take a nice walk and you know a, a sweatshirt and sweatpants and probably break a sweat doing it like it it really does it it's like, it's easy to say like, yeah, the weather's really nice, but man, it really does really help. Oh. It helps so much just being in a good mood. And like, you know, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania where you wake up at six 30 and it's pitch dark out and it's snowing out you go to school. You don't see a sun the entire day. Everyone's like miserable, miserable you practice after school, you drive home and you're freezing cold and you end up not seeing the sun for like two straight months. So it's like, man, this is, 
this is like heaven here having the having the sun on me <laughs> well do what you described is exactly how i remember illinois winters and i always remember the first week of february was regionals and that was always about the the first time where you would see a little bit of light coming through the practice windows at about 5 30 so it's like all right february we're starting to see some light but yeah i mean that's it's funny man it, you mentioned something earlier that made me think back to the high school days when you're talking about those bus rides bro like Coming back from some of those trips, I've never seen people eat more McDonald's in their life. We would always go to uh, McDonald's, 40 McNuggets, like two extra fries, bro. Crazy. You know what's really crazy is Hayden, my, Hayden and I talk about this all the time. It's like looking at how high school kids are now today, it's like almost insane at how much more advanced they are than even like what I was doing when I was in high school. Like the thought of waking up in the morning and like doing a workout the day of a dual meet was like crazy to me back then and now it's like why why wouldn't you just like work out and then eat a little bit like no never don't eat anything don't drink anything until you weigh in like it's so stupid it's so stupid i remember that one just start i'm like i'm just gonna starve it off like i don't want to run it's so no why would i why would i work out just i just won't eat it's just it's so dumb but kids are like Like, little adults now yeah, it's like when you get to college, you're like, wow, this this starts to make a lot of sense. You know, why? Why didn't I? Why didn't I figure it? But, you know, you're young. And um, I think it's cool that like guys now, like these high school kids now, like, like I said, they're just they're they're exposed to such a high level. And not that I wasn't, but it, it's even different now with like the access to RTCs and stuff. No, it's like you can see how the best in the world are training. So you're able to emulate that a little bit um yeah mcdonald's was like a like after every dual meet you like go with your friends to get a few burgers before you go to bed it's like oh man crazy shamrock shake mcribs now talking about high school you know now that you're now we're in this era of great high school wrestlers you know the all the college guys are kind of you know after we saw what happened to matt ramos we gotta keep we gotta watch over our shoulders so who's the top high school wrestler in the country at your weight do you know i think probably the mirasola brothers from wisconsin Maybe. Oh, the Askren kids? Yeah, because they, well, one of them was at um, the Pharaoh and he actually wrestled. He beat some really good guys. He pinned freaking uh, Wick, right? Yeah, yeah. He beat Evan Wick. He wrestled, he wrestled, he wrestled school. Deering tough. He wrestled uh, Hall pretty tough. So, like, these, they're, they're, Dude, these kids. Real, you know, it's not like, it's not like you're wrestling someone that's 18 and they don't know, like, what they're doing. Like, no, they're, they're pretty mature and they, they're really skilled. Yeah. I mean, it's like, could you even imagine wrestling a college guy back? In the high school era, it's like hard. To I would have, I would have gotten teched in twenty seconds. <laughs> like I was not, I, I was pretty tough. I was, um, I was a tough kid, but like my wrestling was was not that. At a, it was not really. A, I, I won a lot of matches just because I was, I trained really hard and I and I worked really hard. But like as far as a my level of wrestling, I learned pretty quick when I got to college that there was, um, there was a pretty clear gap that I had to close. Um, so like. Looking back, if I would have if I would have entered a college open when I was in high school, I might have won a match or two. But like, I, I wouldn't have been as successful as the guys are now for sure. Going blows with the number one guy in the country, it's like it's, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it is. Well, man, good luck to you this upcoming week, and uh, we're big fans, man. I wish you nothing but the best this season. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Take care, brother. Folks, thanks for listening to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. To support the show, please go to our online store and check out our merch. It's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We have stickers, hoodies, t-shirts. Again, it's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. Check out the merch store, and we'll see you next time.
on Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!